Welcome to The Family Show. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and joining me today and every week are Brenda and Randy Lee. So good to see you. You haven't good quit yet. Here. I'm so glad. Happy summer. <laughs> yeah, it's just so this summer. It's so, so, so hot. Hazy, hot, and humid. <laughs> yeah. Um, could it be any more humid today? I don't oh, my gosh. It is. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on. But life should be hot. So life should I, be, life be um, hot. We're going to talk today about uh, a subject of course, that you came up with, Brandy. Very near and dear to my heart, as a matter of fact. It's relevant to my life. When mass begins and ends. When mass begins and ends, because I'm constantly trying to figure that out. Um, <laughs> and, and it is actually one of the great mysteries of the Catholic experience, when mass begins and ends. I know, I know technically mass begins at the beginning of mass, and it ends at, they ring the, the, bell. at the end, right? But what if I come in after the bell rings, or after the priest, or after the first reading, or after the responsorial song. Oh, we've song. never done that. Well, you're always on time. I but anyway. heard that you're not supposed to come in, you shouldn't receive communion if you come in after the gospel. Well, that, well that's right. I mean, that, that, okay, there's these theories, right? Um, at what point does it no longer count as a mass, right? Um, in our, in our di- diocese, similarly, right, in our diocese, Bishop Gaynor tacked on the St. Michael prayer at the end, right. right? Is that still Mass? Do I have to stay for that? Am I good so long as I'm there for communion? Is the final blessing kind of the bonus round? Um, these are important practical questions. And now last Sunday, I was out at St. Matt's. Father Clark gave the homily. He is a canon lawyer, right? So so he knows this stuff, right. knows the rules, Right. And his homily was sort of on when Mass begins and when it ends. I don't know Mm -hmm. if he knew that, but that's how I took it. Um, So Father Clark tells this true story, actually happened to a priest friend of his. And one Sunday, this priest friend is out greeting all the people after Mass, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Technically, Mass is over. And this woman comes up to him and she says, Father... Last Sunday was supposed to be my last Mass, but I'm back this Sunday. And the priest is like, in his own mind, were you going on a trip or leaving the parish or leaving the church? You know, was it something I said, something I did? You're obviously back this week, so what did I do to unsay or undo it? There's a lot racing through his mind, none of which it turns out has anything to do with this woman's story, right? So she continues, she says, So, Father, last Saturday night, I had decided that I was going to commit suicide. Whoa. End my life, right? I had it all planned out, you know, go to Mass, come home, get things in order, and then Sunday evening, I would kill myself. So I got up Sunday morning, I got dressed, right? I went to what should have been my last Mass, and it turned out to be the most delightful 40 minutes of my life. Wow. And when I went home, I decided that I should try going back this Sunday. So here I am, right? And Priest, needless to say, is pretty blown away, right? Initially, he's just trying to get a handle on yeah. the situation. Is this woman safe? Does she need help? But ultimately, she gets around... I'm sorry, he, the priest gets around to asking, so what changed your mind? Mm-hmm. What, what saved you? Right? Was it a hymn? Was it something in the homily? And the woman's like, 
actually, Father, those weren't the delightful 40 minutes, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, right? The music was nice. Father, your homily was nice. But the delightful 40 minutes were on the way in. Two people asked me how I was doing. Mm. And then on the way out, three people introduced themselves to me. And they wanted to know who I was. They wanted to know something about me. They told me there was coffee and donuts down the hall, and they invited me to come down and join them so we could get to know each other. Those were the moments mm. that saved my life. Wow. When does Mass start, and when does it end, right? Franciscan University's alumni magazine this month has a piece on Dorothy Day, and, and Richard Beaker, who, who wrote the piece, observes that for Dorothy Day, Catholic saint of the 20th century, you know, woman who so captured the global imagination that wherever Dorothy Day went, people stopped her. They recognized her all over the world, right? It could be a cafe, coffee shop. People would just come up to her. They'd recognize her. But anyway, for Dorothy Day, gospel was a verb rather than a noun. Mm. Mass was a verb rather than a noun. The Gospels weren't something you read. Mass wasn't something you attended, went to, got in, got out. You know, you lived the Gospel. You lived the Mass, right? Gospel and Mass were action words, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you, you say to someone, you know, good morning, how are you, right? They respond, suicidal, thanks, how are you, right? <laughs> Father John Ricardo was, was sharing a word, and he asked, if you said to someone, how are you, and they responded, are you just saying hello, or do you really want to know, how would you respond, right? If gospel, if mass is an action word, you want to know, right? You, you want to seize the opportunity to love your neighbor, Right? Rita Springer, popular Christian singer songwriter, worked at a woman's shelter for a while. One day a woman comes in, checks the place out, leaves, never come back. But before she goes, the woman says, This is a place that I want to remember. This is a place where things have to get better. Right? And first of all, it blows me away that someone could be in a place in their life where they would say, if I could just stay here, my life would have to get better, but I can't stay here, mm -hmm. right? That blows me away. But, but second, I was working with a committee on our parish survey once, right? Long time ago, you know, whatever parish. And the questions they wanted to ask in the survey, one of the questions was about parish goals. So I suggested we should offer as a parish goal, if someone walked into the parish off the street, you know, they would say, this is a place where things have to get better, right? I like the song, so I thought we'd work the song into the survey. And, and everybody is like, everybody on the committee is like, you can't put that in there. What's it even mean, right? It's, it's abstract. It's absurd, right? And I was like, I don't know what it means, right? Um, I, I can't pin it down. It just seems to me, if we are the body of Christ, that's what people should say 
when they encounter us. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like the woman with the hemorrhage, right? And she yeah. she crawled through the dirt and through the crowd to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. People should be saying, in a place like this, if I could just reach out and even touch the hem of the garment, I know I could be healed here. Well, that's why I think that, you know, we laugh at our coffee and donuts. I always thought it should be bagels or something with more (laughs) substance. I agree with that. But that's where you get empowered in mass. You get filled with the Eucharist. You need to spill out and then be with your fellow parishioners and hear their stories for the week, their ups, their downs, what's going on in their life. You walk away with new prayer requests. You tell them, I'm going to pray for you this week, Mm -hmm. which empowers them. I find that that's like this spillover from mass. You feel like you have, and then, but to walk out that door and not have contact with people and race to your car, Mm -hmm. I just find that, we tend to do that sometimes, yes. and we yeah. we really need. I mean, that coffee and donuts is just so important, and I think a parish needs to push that as much as invite people or put it on in your. I, I do too, because yeah. you know, that's often a criticism of our church um, from, let's say, evangelicals to say that you guys don't do fellowship very well. Right, and frankly, they've got a point there because. Oftentimes, you know, and I'm guilty of it. Yeah. Go into mass, park, go into mass, get out, yeah. get in the car and go without really yeah. saying anything to anybody. Yeah, we were just out with friends the other night from like years ago. I mean, we probably haven't gone out with them in 10 years or anything, but we were saying we used to meet at a noon mass with our kids, mm-hmm. but we would come out of that noon yeah. mass. And we'd talk for another hour. Yes. And the kids would just kind of talk or goof around on the stairs of the church. But we would share, like, you know, yes. our spirituality. And yeah. that was powerful. Yeah. We needed that to, um, you know, help one another. And yeah. I find that when they're, that does not happen, we're, what are we doing? I know? think especially, too, as we get older and our kids are grown. Yeah. And, you know... Because the, the socialization there, it's natural when the kids are there and sure. are playing with each other. You want to talk. Because yeah. um, I know for my daughter at St. Teresa's and my, my, other, my daughter-in-law and their kids, they love that after sure. next, the coffee donuts for right. fellowship. For fellowship. But yeah, I love that you used spillover. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is mm-hmm. true. It's like we are filled at Mass yes. with Jesus. We're fi- yes. And then we want to go close up and get in the car and, you know. Right. And I think that's just such a beautiful way to put it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think just so many things that you guys are saying. I mean, one thing is that notion of fellowship, right? And not only fellowship with the other parishioners, but but is Mass even a fellowship event of your family, right? I mean, I remember, I remember the way that my parents bought us into church, right? Literally bought, not brought, bought us into church was after mass was over, they took us to whatever it was, Dunkin' Donuts or whatever. And you sat at the, 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 you know, a bar and and had a donut. And I was like, I can do anything for an hour if you get me a couple donuts, (laughs) right? But, but it was this, this time of fellowship, Right. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, Eleanor, you said you go to mass and it's you get in and out and you don't really fellowship with anybody because in the mass we stop and we say to all of our fellow members of the body of Christ, 
peace be with you. Yeah. What does that mean to say? I mean, that's that's a big. I want you to experience the peace of Christ for the rest of your life. Yeah. We're going to stop here and take a break. Seems like a good point to do that. <laughs> but you're listening to the Family Show on Holy Family Radio with Brendan and Randy Lee, and we're talking about the Mass. So stay tuned. family show. Um, We're part two, I should say. (laughs) We're talking about Mass and when it begins and when it ends with Brendan Randy Lee. That's what we're we're doing, and that would be a great thing to talk about. I thought before we talk about that, I'd I'd ramble incoherently for a minute. Um, Hopefully it will make sense. But but Brendan and I just actually went to see the new Jim Caviezel movie, Sound of Freedom, right? Good film. It's it's like rolling a truck back and forth over you. It, it's powerful. It's well done, but it's it's disturbing, unsettling, ultimately inspiring and fulfilling, right? And Jim Caviezel plays this guy named Tim who's trying to save this little girl from a life of human trafficking. And in the movie, that becomes a key distinction, right? This This Tim character isn't trying to end human trafficking. He's trying to save one particular child how personal right? that is that's exactly right that's wow. the point right in fact there's this scene where tim saves like 50 kids and everyone's all happy yay we saved 50 kids yeah. and tim is all subdued so they're like tim come on we just say 50 kids and tim's like yeah but we didn't save the one i came for mm. we didn't save the one i want to save yeah. that kid has a face I see that face, right? And that face isn't here. Yeah. Right? God didn't die to defeat sin. God didn't come to save the world. Christ came because he saw your face and wanted to bring it home. Mm -hmm. Wanted to bring you home to your father, right? I think think the mass got routine. The the gospels got routine Mm -hmm. because we let them stop being personal. We let them stop being intimate, right? Like he's not talking to me. Right, right. Or he's not even talking about me, right? We live in a world with so much sin and so much confusion and so much chaos and we just think we need to be fighting against sin. Yeah. We need to fight the confusion. We need to fight the chaos, right? That's what the church, that's what mass, that's what Catholicism is about. It's about opposing sin. But actually, we need to stop fighting against sin, and we need to start fighting for people, mm-hmm. right? That that's Tim in the movie. That's that's Jesus on the cross in the mass, right? You are you go to you go to mass 
you're the woman at the well, and Jesus is saying, I want to give you living water, mm-hmm. right? Last week, we were talking about, about Sister Mary Grace of the Sisters of Life, right? Big-time surfer, right? Potential Olympian on the brink of being an Olympian, becomes a nun, right? How's that for transitioning, <laughs> you know, super surfer to nun? But anyway, there was this one question that Sister Mary Grace kept asking that changed her life, right? One haunting question that if you had 30 seconds with Jesus, you should be asking, how do I come alive? Mm. How do I come alive? Lord, how do I come alive? Because I'm not, but I want to be, right? Imagine a woman comes to mass thinking it's her last mass, thinking that she should be dead, and suddenly it's not her last mass. It's her first mass. And she's not dead, she's alive. Lord, how do I come alive, right? And and in John 10.10, Jesus tells us, his whole purpose for coming, and I don't know that we we hear this all the time. We I don't know I we understand, understand it. Do is, we believe it? But, yeah. but, but do we understand that it's his purpose, yeah. right? This is why this all happens. This is what this is all about. I came so that you might have life, and so that you might live it to the full, to the fullest, abundantly. Mm-hmm. Right? How do I come alive? How do I live life abundantly? These are the questions we need to bring to Mass. Those are the questions we need to bring to God. And we need to come and we need to stay until he answers them. Mm-hmm. Right? What is Catholic education? When you ask your kid, your teenager, your son or daughter in a Catholic college, what did you learn in school today? Do they say, I learned how to come alive. I learned how to live abundantly. If they don't, is it Catholic, mm. right? Father John Ricardo of Acts 29 min- Ministry, and if you're into the Gospel of the New Testament, right, you're going, hey, wait a minute, there is no Acts 29, right? <laughs> How can you have Acts 29 Ministry? It stops at Acts 28, and that's exactly right. You are Acts 29, mm. right? Your life is Acts 29. Anyway, Father Ricardo says, that the U.S. is 5% of the world's population. We consume 80% of the world's opiates. Right? Opiates? Opiates. Ooh. Right? 5% of the people consume 80% of the world's opiates. In America, second leading cause of death for children 10 to 14 opiates. is suicide. Oh, suicide. Is suicide. Second leading cause of death for children 10 to 14 is suicide. Right? Cirrhosis of the liver deaths in America are off the charts for men 25 to 34. And I heard him say that, and I thought, so what is off the charts? So I went to this medical website, right? Mm -hmm. From 1999 to 2016, cirrhosis of of the liver deaths in America rose 10% a year. A year? A year, 10% a year. For those 25 to 34. Now, a little caveat. Ultimately, ultimately, it tripled in that time frame, right? But here's the caveat. The absolute deaths from cirrhosis of the liver, 25 to 34, was actually less than 1,000, right? You've got a small base number. Why do you have a small base number? Because it normally takes 30 years of hard drinking yes. to kill a liver. Yeah. 
right? So what's that tell you about when people are starting to drink and drink hard in America, Mm -hmm. right? If we have people out there now, right, who are 30 years old dying from liver disease and alcohol consumption, what will we have in 10 years in that group of people who are 30, 40? Yeah. Right. The world is not telling us how to come alive, to live life abundantly. Mm -hmm. The world is telling us how to anesthetize pain. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. The world is not offering you life. The world is offering you distraction. Anesthesia. Right. That's Mm -hmm. exactly right. How do I anesthetize? Right. This will sound really strange. Right. Um, Look, pretty much like everything else I say. <laughs> but but discouragement, despair are not inherently bad things, right? They're part of the package God gave us. But God, but God didn't give us pain to paralyze us. Mm-hmm. He gave us pain to tell us to take our hand off the stove. Yes. Right? That's mm-hmm. why he created these feelings, right? So Father Sam Hauser over at St. Margaret Merritt recently said to me, he said, Randy, the adversities in our lives can either be stumbling blocks in our lives, mm-hmm. they can knock us down, they can sidetrack us, they can paralyze us, or they can be stepping stones to God, mm-hmm. right? They can be the catalysts to change, to, to drive us to seek God and to seek him more, to mm-hmm. come alive and to seek life abundantly. We choose whether they're stumbling blocks or stepping stones, yes. right? Paralysis or, or, or catalyst, right? Mm-hmm. We don't need to go to mass, right, to, to just go to mass. Like check a box. Right? We don't need to go to mass. We need to be overwhelmed by mass. Mm-hmm. That's the point of mass. The point of mass is for us to be overwhelmed. Right to find abundant life, to get swept up in this tsunami, right? To get swept up in this tsunami that rushes over us and changes us. And you, you've used the word uh, chaos several times, and I think, you know, people whose life isn't chaotic today. You know, people are just like, yes, how you doing? Oh, it's chaotic. Oh, it's chaotic. But I was thinking this morning again. If you do have the opportunity or um, to be called to Mass every morning, or you need that time with God because you to just soak in God's peace and love and push away the chaos, push it away. Because you know what? It will come back during the day, but then if you can go back and say, no, I choose God's peace. No, I choose God's peace. I'm going to live God's peace. You you know what yeah. I mean? You, you need know what, to start with the peace. Yes, at that awareness of... Yes, instead of being pulled in by the chaos. Right. And, and we invite away. that chaos in a lot. Sure. A lot of the time. You know, it's like, yeah. turn on that television set, right. and sometimes you can't avoid it. You go to the store. I don't know who plays these music at, at these stores, some mm-hmm. of the music, and you just like want to pull your hair out right. because it's like, does, does no one out there want quiet right. ever? Well, that's a great, do we want, we're afraid of quiet. We're, we're so afraid, afraid of encountering of the real, right? And Brenda, it's so funny. You're talking about going to mass in the morning, right? First meal of the day, we call what? 
breakfast. Breakfast, break right, because you break, yeah. the, exactly, you break the fast, right? You're hungry, time to eat. You know, if you don't eat, bad things are going to happen, right? We, as a culture, are, are not eating God anymore, mm. right? Mm. Right, if you don't eat food, you're going to starve. What did you right. think was going to happen? Yeah. If you don't eat Jesus... What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, there's going to be discouragement. Yeah, there's going to be despair. It's time to break the fast. It's time to consume again. Yes. And, you know, here we are, this Eucharistic revival. Exactly. Okay, because we all know the statistics, 70% of Catholics don't believe in the real presence. Okay, well, you know what? It's it's time to open up more adoration chapels, Mm -hmm. right? Time to get to Mass more frequently. And even if you have to begin incrementally, right? If you don't have a holy hour a week, go stop for 15 minutes. Right. Why? Invite someone to go with you. Yeah. Why, why are we having this? Because, why? Because we're hungry. Yes. We're hungry. And we don't even know we're hungry because, as you said, Eleanor, we're afraid to stop and hear our stomachs rumbling. Our souls rumbling. Right. It's time to stop, to listen, and to consume. Amen to that. Well, you know what? Here we are out of time again, but we invite all of you to join us every Friday at 1230 on AM720 for The Family Show. And keep us in your prayers. For Brendan, Randy Lee, I'm Eleanor Rossman, and we, what do we do? We leave you with, with the, the beautiful, beautiful sound of seasons. <laughs>